You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here to talk about the latest week plus of Yankees baseball. And Sam, there's a lot of W's since we last talked uh, two Monday nights ago. Oh, yes, yeah, Steve. Finished off a series win over the Orioles, took three or four against the Mariners, took two or three at Kansas City, luckily, I will say, on that latter series. But the Yankees went 10-3 and three over these past 13 games, a soft spot in their schedule, and they've put themselves in pretty good position as we end play here on August 11th. I've liked what I've seen. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. But overall, coming on with you here on this Wednesday night, I am feeling pretty fortunate. The Yankees overall, I think we could agree, played a sloppy series out in Kansas City, especially this matinee on Wednesday. I told you before we came on, I thought throughout the entire game, it made for a textbook one that they would blow. I thought this was going to be the crushing loss of the week. It seems like they have one per week. We've avoided that for the most part since the Red Sox series at Fenway. Uh, when the Yankees lost three of four, Steve, uh, since July 6th, they have lost one series. So That's we're it. talking five and a half weeks. They've lost one series. 63 and 51, they're in good position. I can't complain. Yeah, the Yankees have done a lot, a lot since uh, since we talked. And we ended the episode saying they need to dominate the soft schedule, and they have. And, they, and they've done it with chaos. Because as we recorded last, last time, literally live during it, Garrett Cole got COVID. And he hasn't pitched in this time. And so we thought this would be an easy, you know, Cy Young stuffer here for him to dominate some, some weak lineups here. He hasn't pitched. Jordan Montgomery hasn't pitched. You know, now we're waiting on Clay Holmes to uh, to get his his COVID test. Gary Sanchez got COVID. There, there's been no team in baseball that has been hit like COVID like as the Yankees have been. They have lost an unreal amount of players, and then plus that they've also just been injured a ton. I mean, Sam, if we we started the last uh, podcast, Garrett Cole did not have COVID at that time. Since then, they've lost two starting pitchers. Uh, a reliever to COVID and, and and a catcher, and they lost starting third baseman, their starting shortstop, and their closer to injuries. You got to add Rizzo to the COVID list. And, oh, well. and Rizzo and Rizzo. So we got so there so four starters uh, and four pitchers due to injury or COVID in the past twelve days. The COVID thing is making me lose sleep. It it's is every, making me lose sleep. I, I tweeted out. That night, that every win the Yankees have either comes with an injury or or a COVID positive, and it's literally been a fact. The Yankees have been ten and three in this stretch here, and they have ten guys that are hurt or on COVID. I made it known last week that I, I was battling some mild symptoms last week. Got the test. Um, listen, I was fine in four or five days. Um, first experience from last Saturday morning. They went away Thursday. So, yeah, five days. Um, the Yankees are getting a COVID-positive test with, with many of their guys. It, it is 
It is actively making me lose sleep, Steve. I know you tweeted about it. Uh, Aaron Boone is blaming that they were in Florida. I, I think that's a bunch of hogwash. Uh, if we once, it's get... in a, once it's in a sports locker room, I, I, it's tough to, to to get it out. You know, it's I feel like it's one of those things. You're with these guys freaking ten hours a day. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing in the clubhouse all the time, but it, it's it's going to be tough. It's tough for I think if it got into any team like it has for the Yankees, um, you know, and, and it happened on travel days. I think that, that was the key part for both of it is that the Yankees were on the road, so I don't think it matters as much that they were in Texas and in. In Florida, I mean, it's it's a little ironic that those are the two states they were in. But I think they also then took a flight like that day when they got each positive. And I think that's what killed them. You know, I think Luizaga stayed in Houston at the time here, but it kind of seems like that you know that flight from um, from Miami to Baltimore back back home before we played Baltimore. I mean, that could have just circulated that air for for you know four four or five hours on that flight, and you know now we're looking at every other day a player got it. So uh, I don't know what you want to do as a team there, but but it's tough. And they got some symptoms. I mean, I don't know if you saw that clip. Gary Sanchez, we were you know joking about it. it was winded running the bases, and the next day he's like, "Yeah, I kind of felt like shit." Probably shouldn't have been playing that game. Probably you know you know no shock that he got COVID the next day. Probably had it that day too, and so he was playing in the game. So it, it's it's I I don't know what you do as as a as a, a team for it. Um, we thought we were out of the woods, and then I just said Clay Holmes. Uh, you know, Wednesday morning here. Now it got another one too. So with each one, you got to think there's more, more coming. So uh, it's a tough, tough situation here. And somehow, switching back to baseball, the Yankees just keep winning. So thank God they're in a soft spot of the schedule here. But they've they've put up some nice wins uh, in Baltimore. Right after the news, they they scored 13 runs. The next day they scored 10 runs. The Yankees the first time all year they went back to back double digits. Um, so they actually been putting up s- some runs. Uh, in this time frame, and they've had really good pitching. You know, guys like Lewis Heal has been unbelievable in, in spot starts. Uh, we had a bullpen day today. There's just been a mix of weirdness that almost that these injuries and, and COVID is is starting to push this team to almost their 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 full potential. And they're fighting. That's what you said. Um, they're grinding out wins in a big way. That Marlins series we saw. Runs are hard to come by. And the Marlins, credit to them, they have good pitching. They have some really good young, young arms do, in that rotation. Um, the Orioles, you know, getting beat up in Heaney's first start. He allows 6,000 home runs. That was the last time we recorded. And against the Mariners, grinding out some wins. That series opener of the four-game set, Joey Gallo coming up big. Late two-run home run. You know, of course, you had the Friday bullpen game, 11 innings, really grinding that one out. And then Saturday, another come-from-behind win. You go out to Kansas City, the first game of the three-game set. Oh, what both- a fucking game. <laughs> like, what a, I had the, I, Sam, I, I had the under, and it was 0-0 after six innings, and I was like, this is the free money. And the fucking 8-6 final. That is unbelievable to me i mean that's got to be one of the worst beats i've seen this season just but they blew four saves and they battled back uh, that, that of, team doesn't win that game in may no no shot no, no, no shot. shot so like huge change of of uh, uh of kind of morale here and i know we gave a lot of credit to rizzo for that um last episode but he, he wasn't there for these for that those wins so even though Rizzo's kind of gone, the, the mentality of that clubhouse, I think, has changed 
big time from the first half of the year. It has in a big way. Uh, and really, like I said at the beginning of the episode, they were definitely fortunate to get two or three here in Kansas City. Some sloppy play on Tuesday with, with a few errors. Kyle Higashioka Wednesday could not throw, uh, you know, two throwing errors, I think it was, uh, on Wednesday. And or, he could have had four to this series. There's a couple that uh, – that, that he was saved by, you know, I don't one remember from LeMayhew, you know, really jumped up to get it, and then another nice play from uh, um, Velasquez to, to kind of save there. So the couple, two was, was generous for, for Kyle in Kansas City. Yeah, in a big, big way. And we saw some sloppiness towards the end of Wednesday's game with that Runetto door flip on the attempted <laughs> oh, double play. I mean, that thing went to the Kansas side. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. But – all in all, the Yankees have won 10 of 13, and it's going to be changing going forward. The Yankees play arguably the best team in the American League, the Chicago White Sox. The Yankees swept them back in May, but these are two very, very different teams. I'm seeing you can get in to Field of Dreams. We're talking about that at the end of the show. You can get in for a low price of $924. And, and you have to cut your foot off, I think, too. <laughs> it's an arm and a leg in there, which it should be. People were complaining on online about that. I'm like, dude, there's like there's like five thousand seats here. It's like a possibly could be a once in a lifetime thing here. I'm sure baseball will end up doing it every year, but it's the first time they're doing it. Like, I, yeah, the tickets are supposed to be expensive. <laughs> they were at like three hundred seventy five face value too. I think. Yeah, I mean, which is like that's just fine. So like that means that they what they so they sold out. So it's not MLB making these prices a thousand bucks. It's people reselling them. People are like, I can't believe MLB will do this to their fans. I was like, no, they didn't. Like $400 a ticket is fine. They sold out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch it. We'll talk about it more yeah. uh, at the end of the show. Um, but uh, and, and the schedule gets crowded here. The Yankees were supposed to have an off day against the Los Angeles. Or excuse me. They were supposed to have an off day on Monday. The Angels are in making up a game. And then they have my favorite a Mickey Mouse doubleheader on Tuesday. The Red Sox come to town for three, and then they welcome the Twins for four. So, but I would say we got to be welcoming the Red Sox at this point. They are, you know, sticking with some AL East here. Yankees are, you know, let's we'll say the Red Sox are going to are going to finish off their win tonight here. So the Yankees will be um, one game, one two games back of the Red Sox, uh, and six games back of the Rays here. Um, but the Yankees are seven and three in their last ten. Tampa seven and three in their last ten if you count tonight's loss, and then Boston will be three and seven. So it is the AL East, uh, and you can't leave out the Blue Jays. Blue Jays also three and seven in their last ten. So you know, pretty impressive stuff from everybody in the AL East in this race. Uh, the Red Sox came back to came back to earth big time, and they are reeling. So the Yankees need to, you know, don't let the, the that series be what what turns things around for the Red Sox here. They need to pummel Boston, and it's crazy to say. That, you know, after everything that happened from the All-Star break, from the original Judge and them all getting COVID to the Yankees blowing those two huge games versus Boston, that at the end of next week, if the Yankees take care of the Red Sox, they'll be ahead of Boston in the standings. I That is that, hard to find. How are we discussing that on uh, uh, August 11th? I thought maybe if it could happen at the end, end of the year. But, but Tampa's running away with it. Tampa's playing great right now. Um, so it's kind of weird when you're watching these these Tampa-Boston scores. Who, who are we look, looking for to win? Uh, Boston dominated them tonight, and Tampa won the first one. 
But if we're looking for, for Thursday's game, who do we want to win that game, Tampa or Boston? It, they kind of just, like, cancel each other out, I guess. Um, I was rooting for Tampa just to get rid of the Red Sox quicker. I think the Red Sox are playing like a lot of people thought they would coming into this year. The pitching has failed them during this recent stretch run. I was listening to Buster Olney today on Get Up, and he was saying – there was on Get Up or Sports Center. He was saying the Red Sox, like, don't – view Chris Sale as a luxury anymore. Like, he has to come back and eat serious innings off of Tommy John surgery, Yeah, which maybe that changes his mindset a little bit. I know he's a big competitor. I know he was going to come back uh, and probably pitch really, really well. I expect him to do that. But that mindset changes. The Red Sox may be coming back down to earth a little bit, but whenever they come to town, I'm concerned. It doesn't matter how bad they are. The offensive core of Bogart, Stevers, and J.D. Martinez is arguably the best offensive core in the American League, all of baseball. You have your take at it, but that's some of the best trio of hitters that the Yankees will face on any given night. And they've had the Yankees number this year. The Yankees have won one series. It came right after the All-Star break in the Bronx. Uh, and then, infamously, the only series loss since July 6th has been that dis- disaster losing 3-4 up at Fenway. So well, they got to be focused. Uh, the Red Sox are reeling, but the, I'm throwing the records out the door when they come into the Bronx. Always, always. Yeah, and, and the Blue Jays are keeping right in pace with the Yankees too. So the AL East is going to be a fun, fun race. And Oakland's out there trying to hold on tight. Uh, you know, they're playing really well too for that. That They're actually now the first wild card. Um, but I, I think there's a chance that we could have an all AL East uh, wild card game, which will be which will be fun for everybody involved here. Uh, we're gonna get back to three up, three down this week. After the past few weeks, we've kind of with the All Star break and, and the COVID mess. Um, but let's, let's kick it up here, and we got we got to start it off with Jamison Tyone. Sam, this guy has been the Yankees' ace the past six weeks, uh, especially with Cole going down. It is pretty remarkable what he, what he has done. He, you know, he took home the July Player of the the Month award, and it, and it's continued here in August. In his last seven starts, he's got 43 innings, 39 strikeouts, only six earned runs, putting him at a 1.25 ERA. Uh, just comes in every time. It seems like six innings uh, and one run, and it usually feels like an unearned run. Uh, really turning it on here and proving that the the Yankees made a smart deal for him in the off season. Uh, you know, started out slow, but you know he's got his uh, his ERA. His ERA somehow is down to under four for a 3.84, and that includes that disaster we keep mentioning in uh, in Philadelphia that we witnessed. But, wow, talk about turning it on since that game. Yeah, he really has. And if you go back that far to that July – excuse me, June 18th start against Oakland, his numbers are still solid. But since July, he's got seven starts, and his ERA – is uh, 1.25 since the start of July. Well-deserved winning that July Pitcher of the Month award. And looking back on it in retrospect, he had a slow three months, but he was coming back from his second Tommy John surgery. Um, Maybe me, you, and some others were were a little too hard on him. Uh, But I thought two months, two and a half months was more than enough to figure it out. It really... Like you said a couple episodes ago, it really stuck with us because we watched that absolute monstrosity. He was in just throwing meatballs, absolute meatballs, and that's been the biggest thing. The biggest change for him is that that curveball is no longer sitting dick high; it's going down and dropping down, and players are swinging over it. 
Um, so he was leaving that that, that curveball, uh, you know, up in the zone. And and MLB pitcher, MLB hitters, no matter how good they are, are going to crush it. Um, and then now he's he's throwing that 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 curveball is going down, and then he's keeping the fastball up. So he's got two different levels here, and it's really confusing hitters. And he's confident, and it's it's been awesome. It's been really awesome to watch. You know, he throws throwing ninety five here, but when you're throwing ninety five, you know, on that top corner of the black. It's a it's a much better pitch, especially when you're you might be looking for a, you know a curveball at your ankles. So he's he's really changed it up here, coming out. Just Yankees needed it. They needed him to come and carry and kind of be this ace. You know the past two weeks while while we try and get our, our pitching better, um, and it's been it's been pretty remarkable to watch. It really has been just three home runs in his last forty three and a third inning, dating back to July. Really, really impressive. What I really liked is him working the sinker and getting it really in on the right-handed hitters. Uh, that's got some movement, 92, 93, sometimes even 94 miles an hour. And then he has his fastball, which is really locating well on either side of the plate. And he's gone deep into games. Only one, excuse me, only two times out of those seven starts as he failed to complete six innings. He's gotten seven innings twice, and he's never not, failed to complete five innings, which is what you look for out of a starter in 2021. So he's 4-0 during that span. Really, he is what the Yankees paid for. They gave up four prospects for him, and they're very thankful that they have him on another arbitration year in 2022. I mean, my goodness, who thought we would have been staying that two months ago when he got lit up in Philly, you know, rough start against the Angels. So... He's an innings eater. He's not going to overpower you. Only more than six strikeouts on two occasions over those seven starts. But he locates well. He eats innings. And he bounces back from adversity, just like he did in that start against Baltimore. He let up a couple early runs, had his defense let him down. But he bounced back and he gave the Yankees six and a third last week. Uh, season high, 10 strikeouts as well. So... I really love watching him pitch. He's a gamer. He's an innings eater, and he's just what you want in the middle of that rotation. We talk about so many times going back through the years and what failed the Yankees in the playoffs. It was ultimately starting pitching and not being able to see the end of that fifth inning. I know five innings isn't sexy, and I know a lot of old heads uh, get upset that pitchers don't go as deep anymore, but you get through five innings, two earned in a playoff game, hand it over to your bullpen, you're setting yourself up for success. You are setting yourself up for success. And I think once Cole and Montgomery come back, the Yankees have a solid one, two, three reliable option to do just that. Whether they'll perform in the playoffs, should the team make it, is a different question. But they have three innings eaters at the top of that rotation. It's funny because – I really think the offense is still a concern, and the bullpen has surprisingly been a concern. When you look at the rotation at full strength, who would have thought that the starting rotation, in my view, is the least of the Yankees' concerns? And that's even after all these crazy injuries and COVID and stuff. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's Every game you go into it saying, I hope we get the hits to win. And even during the bullpen dates, it's like, I hope we get the hits to win. Uh, you're not really too it, – it, it's insane. Um we could be seeing Cole back on Monday or Tuesday, kind of hearing some rumblings about that, uh, and Montgomery right behind him. So we could – Yankees are going to need extra starters. Like you said, we have that makeup game Monday and then the, the Mickey Mouse doubleheader 
uh, on Tuesday. So the Yankees need some, need some arms. I think it's pretty obvious that we will see uh, Lewis Heal again because that guy has been flat out awesome. Called up as a COVID replacement, 23 years old, making his MLB uh, debut uh, versus Baltimore. Six innings, six Ks, four hits, no runs. The biggest issue for him for the past few years has been his control. He's he's got only three walks in 11 innings in his two starts because he backed that Baltimore game up with another gem versus Seattle. He only got through five innings, but that's because his pitch count got up there a little high and he got eight strikeouts. So this kid just strikes out everybody. He's been able to maintain his control, throws gas. Um, he's not a f- I'm, I'm interested to see how the Yankees work this COVID replacement list here because they could just keep bringing him up for starts here, especially now if, um, you know, with Clay Holmes going on there, that buys the Yankees another two, two days of having at least one COVID player. I think we're going to see at least two starts at a heel at minimum. And then at that point, you might have to just call him up for the rest of the year. I think so, too. And he's been really impressive. And like you said, we brought up on him a little bit. The concern was throwing strikes, and that hasn't been there. And he's striking out a lot of guys, too. Six strikeouts and six innings against the O's. And then he gets eight and five innings against the Mariners. I mean, this guy has electric stuff, too. He works his fastball on either side of the plate. And he's got really good swing and miss stuff on the breaking pitch. Worked out of a jam against the Mariners. I really, really like this kid. He doesn't have the speed of, say, a young Severino. But he has electric stuff out on that mound. And should he keep this going? And you have Domingo Herman on the IL. Uh, Andrew Heaney is kind of a wild card. They kind of envisioned him making spot starts, is my guess. Heal might be a, one of the oh, five best options to start games. Without a doubt right now. Yes, it's only been two starts, so we don't want to you know get, get too excited here. But but without a doubt, if you got the option of Heal versus Haney, it, it shouldn't be a question. I, I'd rather have, you know, I mean, Haney's got, you know, some, some um, you said he bounced back at his last start to, to eat some innings here, and he, he's got some experience. But you got to ride this wave while you got it. We, I mean, he definitely has to make at least one more start here. He's... he's, he's his whiff rate on some of these pitches is his whiff rate on his, on his forcing fastballs is at almost at forty percent. They, they they're not touching him. Um, so for for me, it's as long as you can keep playing around with how the, how this roster can you can maneuver players and call them up and down and not really mess with the the real forty here. Um, it, it's got to be uh, got to be you have him out there as much as you can. Get those fastball you know over fifty percent of the time here. Um, and then he's got a nasty changeup. He, he breaks out the changeup every once in a while, uh, but but it's been a good pitch. It's a 93 mile an hour changeup he's been throwing. Um, it, it's been really fun to watch in, in these two starts, and, and he's had a very calm demeanor uh, on the mound. So uh, I did not expect that when uh, when he got the call, but it's been it's been fun for the 23 year old. It really has been, and he's been fun to watch out there. Like you said, the fastball he moves it in and out. It's a real joy to see him working out there. Uh, he's 23 years old. He's We're now getting to the stage where the Yankees are, are having players that are routinely younger than me that they're bringing up. Oh, so Sam, don't even remind me. Don't even remind you me. <laughs> it's getting, it, I'm getting to that age. I am getting to that age. Um, but, yeah, I think in worst case, he, he's a guy you add to this bullpen if you want to limit his innings. 
coming up here. He's got to start but, Saturday. I mean, the Yankees don't have a starter listed for Saturday, and I think it's simply because he's technically not on the roster right now. But he's got to be the start, the Saturday starter in Chicago. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, these bullpen days, while uh, effective, they they burn out a lot of guys. And that's why mm-hmm. in Friday against Seattle when they started Wandy Peralta, it would have been a real kick in the dick to lose that game and burn all those bullpen <laughs> yeah. arms. Uh, which is why Heaney, who uh, I, I played golf on Saturday, then we went to the 19th hole afterwards, and I was watching at the bar, and Heaney had the bases loaded, and the Mariners had like three runs in, and there were zero or one outs. So I'm like, look, this is kind of a punt day. Like, like if this guy sucks, he sucks. He needs to eat innings. I don't, I don't care. But he locked down, and the Yankees came back and won. So that was a big plus. Oh, I, I didn't think he was getting out the second inning. I was like, oh, he's going to be – I saw that, um, that they already scored one in the second. And I was like, all right, well, he's done. Take him out 3-1 here and let's see what happens. And they let him stay in there. And he somehow goes six – I was shocked he made six innings uh, with, with that start. So, as you said, credit there. But you got to – you got to – we know he gives up a lot of home runs. Um, it seems like this – there's going to be – the wind is going to be a factor in this field of dreams field. So, I'm expecting some – you know, they're going against our boy Lance Lynn – um, it's going to be a, a tough Thursday matchup there for, for the Yankees, and he, he needs to come out strong um, and, and not let the, this big uh, White Sox lineup you know, kind of tear him apart early. Um, but we'll talk more about the Field of Dreams at the end of the episode. We, we, Sam, we got to talk about Tyler Wade, and it's got to be in a positive way because Tyler Wade had, had easily the best week of his career this week. What did you say, Tyler Wade, in a positive way? I, there is, there's no static here, Sam. That is loud and clear. Tyler Wade, in his last 15 games, even though a lot of those come as defensive replacements, has a 417 batting average. He's got 10 hits in 24 official at-bats. He's got six stolen bases in those 15 games, and he's playing all over the field. He's made starts at third. He played left field. He's made he made an unnecessarily fun diving catch uh, on Wednesday afternoon. He's been all over the field. Tyler, Tyler Wade has been a plus for the Yankees at a time where they absolutely needed it with uh, Gleyber Torres going, going down, um, Gio Urshela having a setback. You know, Rugnet Ador can't really play the field as we've seen the past few days. He's been needed. And this replacement player has has played well. He really has. And it's <laughs> been a joy to watch. The Yankees, when Tyler Wade came up, the dream was him being like their Ben Zobrist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A, he was a poor man's Ben Zobrist. He was not even a man living in poverty's Ben Zobrist. Uh, not to use that kind of terminology. But... He's been slapping the ball the other way, just getting on base. If he hits singles, if he gets on base once a game, it's a win for the Yankees. And he's been doing more than that. A couple of multi-hit games in back-to-back starts. He has multi-hit games, which is huge. A multi-hit game over the weekend against Seattle. He gets on base. He steals bases. Uh, we We knew the base running was there. We just... Kind of wanted to develop him into a singles hitter, and that's what he's been. You know, you look, you look at this stretch. He doesn't have many extra base hits. Uh, he had one on Wednesday, his second double of the season. But if he gets on base and provides solid defense, that's a win. I'm not looking for anything else. He makes a lot happen on the base paths. That's great. But 
Sam, he's gone on base in it two, four, six, seven times in his last two starts. Tyler Wade has gone on base seven times in his last two full baseball games. That's it. It's insane. He's gotten four hits, two walks, and he also had a catcher's uh, interference play here. And he's had decent at-bats. He's worked the count. He's come back from his some 0-2 counts and worked the count. Had a big hit in the that weird um, extra innings game. Look, we know it's gonna. We know it's gonna be what it's gonna be. It's gonna go down. It's gonna be back to everybody bashing Tyler Wade. Um, but at, at a time of need, he has produced. He, like you said, he's got. We know he's got wheels. That guy just loves to get going, um, and, and he's using those wheels. I've had a couple times throughout his career. It's like uh, he hasn't made that stolen base attempt when he come, even when he comes in on a pinch running situation. I was like, why is he not stealing first pitch? Obviously, there's a, there's an art to it. He's got to get pick his spots here. But if you coming in for a pinch hit and then you just get like nothing happens, like the rest of the thing, you have to. If I'm Tyler Wade and I want to make an impact, I feel like you got to at least make it a stolen base attempt every time you're on the bases. And he's starting to do that more. And he's gotten some really good jumps and he's got some great speed. And it's been fun to watch. And he really has. He didn't play the outfield before last year. This was out of necessity. He was like, hey, I need to find ways to get at bats. Um, and there's been plenty of times where I wish Tyler Wade didn't have a bat. Just went up there and stood. If you strike out on three straight fastballs, fine. But I thought there's a better chance of him going up there without a bat and getting on base with a walk than there was with a hit in multiple times in his career. Um, and he's doing well. He's doing well. Now, you know he's not going to go yard. But uh, he does get an occasional swing happy when he's at home at Yankee Stadium and tries to park one. Um, but, but it's fun to watch. And until we have a full roster here, he's going to see the occasional starts during the week. It's going to be fun. Um Got to give a shout-out to Andrew Velasquez, uh, Fordham Prep's own. My alma mater has a shortstop playing for the Yankees, which is just freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, and he had a, uh extra base hit uh, today. He had a he had a double. Uh, he did. And he, and he, was, he was too fast, and he got a stolen base, but he literally couldn't slow down and slid like 10 feet past the bag. That was he's got, he's got some serious wheels on him. I saw your tweet, and uh, I figured you, you did attend Fordham Prep. I knew I knew you attended Loyola Go Hounds, uh, just like <laughs> it's my been a, Sam, it's a, it's a it's been a big big week for my alma mater. I got a starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, and uh, Loyola has a player that got drafted in the first round and playing in the summer league in the NBA. <laughs> that's 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 wild. Patriot League represent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wade's gonna see the the start, and, and they brought up Velasquez and. Glaber Torres had since the All Star break. I'm worried about Glaber. I am too. And how much does that suck that he heard it sliding in a second base on a throw that was uncontested? I know it's tough to see. I, yeah. I know it's tough to see. He went on first movement with a left-handed pitcher. That's tough to see. But my goodness, it stings. It stings. That, that seems like an injury that could knock him out all year. I know they're waiting on MRI results. They did call up uh, Oswald Peraza to the taxi squad. Uh, they're saying just as a precaution, if someone gets hurt, he's the only guy left in the for for an infielder. Um, but I kind of saw that move as um, we got to have him ready because we're we're we could be experiencing a Glaber Torres needs seizing and any surgery on that thumb. Yeah, oh, I don't blame you for reading into that like that, but it sucks. He was batting three hundred. He was slugging five hundred when he went down since the really All-Star good break. Going, really good going the opposite way lately too. Oh yeah, and. and I know that the Yankees don't want to lose anyone. I think Aaron Judge would be the worst position player to lose right now. But you could make an argument that 
Torres was... Well, just because of the replacement options. Exactly. Yeah. And just the, the replacement options, The he's not great on defense, but, I mean, I don't know if Velasquez is better. I don't know if Oswald Peraza is better if they end up bringing him up. Not really sure if Tyler Wade's defense at shortstop either. So Torres has made some nice plays defensively there over the last week or so, and then he gets hurt on a play like that. The replacement options behind him are not great. And it was at a time where he was really starting to play well. Like you said, hitting the ball the other way. That's really, really key for him. And it's a thumb on the left hand. Anything on the hand, we're kind of seeing now with the Mets, J.D. Davis. Some of our Mets guys sweeten about that. It's not pretty. And yeah, we're it's what Mike Trout here. has. And Mike Trout's been out, what, eight weeks now? And he's had a thumb injury. I think his is on the throwing hand. So it's a little different than Glaber's. But you got to be able to grip the bat. I mean, we're talking about a guy that lost all of his power to begin with. If you lose kind of your your your, your extremity, your thumb muscles here, he's definitely not going to hit a home run the rest of the year if he's if he's hurt like this. Um, so I'll be interested to see what the Yankees do here. Um, and then the, the I mean, the easy solution was you you throw uh, Urshela out there. We expected him to come back kind of today, and then he suffered a setback a couple days ago and. and that's a hamstring, so I think that's going to be another, you know, could be another couple of weeks for him too. So the the third base situation is is really interesting, and that only gets more interesting with with shortstop. So that the whole left side of that infield is going to be, um, you know, not what the Yankees want for for a playoff run. I'll tell you that. And then and DJ the May, whose arm is hurt, so he can't play third. Yeah. So we got so. Rudy door playing uh, a position he's never played before. He's made some mistakes out there. Uh, our best fielder apparently doesn't his tricep is not good enough to make long throws, <clears throat> and and our, our the, the guy that's supposed to catch all the balls in Rizzo has COVID. Yeah, it's <laughs> as our old friend Joe Girardi would say, it's not what you want, and the Yankees are. You, you couldn't struck- make this shit up. It, it's unbelievable, and Odor's been playing third. Uh, he had a nice play to end that Monday game when he hopped and got that ball. But he's made some mistakes out there. He's not a good fielder to begin with, like you said earlier. And LeMahieu can't play third right now. It's a bit of the musical chairs. And I think the Urshela getting, uh, having a setback was one of the worst things to happen to the Yankees in the last two weeks when we're talking about all these injuries. Aaron Boone was talking Sunday like he was going to come back. And I kind of thought that would be the case. He, he sat the first game in Miami, and then he, he pinch hit two times and then immediately got pinch ran for when he got on. So I was like, okay, he's not too, too bad. And when they put him on the DL, I wasn't surprised. But, yeah, they, they made it sound like it was going to be really short, and he has a setback. So maybe the end of the month, best case scenario, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking September, too. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any – uh, inside info or knowledge on this situation, but I'm penciling him out as a guy uh, who I expect to see. We'll revisit at the end of the month, and if he comes back sooner, great. I'm not expecting him back or any rumors of him being back until then. So he's a big loss. That was who was going to slide over to shortstop for the time being with, with, with Torres going out, and, and now – and, you, and now, even when he comes back, though, you don't. If he's got a hamstring, you don't really want him playing short. I don't think so. It kind of, you know, shortstop is is, is up for grabs. Well, you know, like we said, we got you know, you know, Wade Velasquez got an opportunity here. 
it'd be uh, you know pretty crazy for either one of those to be you know thrown into the starting lineup every day in, in a pennant race. Um, you know, pretty interesting to watch there. We kind of talked all around the infield uh, about who's not there, but you know, next man up scenario here. Luke Voigt's back in the lineup every day for another at least another week while we wait for Anthony Rizzo to come to come back. Um, and he had a big home run in that crazy game with the ninth inning. Um, and he's got a couple of big RBI singles here too. Um, Yankees, I think, are going to benefit from. Imagine they traded Luke Voigt. Who are they doing? What do they got? Chris Giddens is still hurt. I think. Who, who's playing first base for them? <laughs> me. Yeah. They're it, calling me up. <laughs> I mean, but at that point, like seriously though, like they've got it's so limited. Would with Rob the Brantley options. be grabbing a first baseman's mitt? Oh, 100 percent. I guarantee you, he'd make a start if they traded Luke Voigt here. So, kind of a, a you know an extra blessing here, and I fully understand kind of Luke's kind of bummer comments of like, yeah, man, that kind of sucked when they got Rizzo, but I'm gonna try and do what I can. I guess I was about to be traded, but here I am. And you know, despite those comments, he's playing like the Luke Voigt that we know. And that we love. We loved Luke Voigt for the past two and a half years. Um, the fact that he's able to come in and jump right back in and hit some hit some bombs here. It's been a really rough year for Luke Voigt. But if he gets hot these ten days, it could be a scenario here where we go with the uh, you know the the giant trio out out in the outfield, and then Luke Voigt becomes our DH in big games. I think that would be a very very smart move to pull. Um, he's really been playing well, and I love seeing him get going uh we always talk about it the home run hop the hop uh, you saw the stone cold in the dugout after oh yeah <laughs> I, I i love him he, he he's a big personality that that he brings to the yankees and yeah where would the yankees be without luke voigt in these couple of games uh, i mean he has been a hot bat he goes back to his home state of missouri where he played baseball at missouri state and he was tearing the cover off the ball so he doesn't bring great defense at first, and I will say, having Rizzo's defense, you can really see it's kind of night and day. But I really love having Voight back in the lineup and to see him hitting well in his home state. Coming home was really, really good to see. Thank God they didn't trade him, and I'm happy that Cashman just didn't give him away for nothing. Yeah, uh, because this guy's got two or three more arbitration years left, and if the Yankees want to move him, they can move him in the offseason. But exactly. he's a gamer, and I love how he's back. And like you said, yeah, in big games, they might have to go with the giant outfield because imagine one to nine this lineup if you get Torres back too. Oh my! Right. That's it, it's it, it, it'd be fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch, and you know, you know, without Luke Voigt, we're looking at you know two weeks of you know Lemayhu at first, Odor at, at second, uh, Velasquez at at short, and then Wade at third. Like that, that's our infield in in key games that that we're gonna have coming up here. You know, versus teams like the Red Sox, versus teams like the White Sox. So Luke Voigt there does make it a uh, a little better than what it what it could have been. Um, so it's crazy, crazy stuff for the Yankees with all the injuries and they're still winning the winning they're winning despite one of their key acquisitions not doing well though Sam Joey Gallo is off to a slow start in pinstripes he's striking out at almost 50% of the time we knew the strikeouts were a big thing of him but these are a little more even than than Joey Gallo standards Um, he is getting on base he is working the count and getting some walks Aaron Boone has said 
that he does not see a guy struggling. It's just a guy that that's gotten some bad luck. He, I mean, he, I saw him rip a ball into the shift that the second baseman was practically in the left fielder's the right fielder's pocket as uh, so to steal away a hit there. That home run was huge. That's a fly ball in probably every other par- ballpark in baseball. So thank God he's a Yankee for that. Uh, but what a slow start, uh, and we could be honest, say a disappointing start for Joey Gallo so far in pinstripes. Yeah, he's seven to fifty-five with the Yankees, which is confirmed not good. And how many strikeouts? Is it twenty-three strikeouts? Keys? Yeah. Uh, I think I think I saw twenty-three strikeouts in the, in those games, which is what are you? Which is he like struck. Striking out forty percent of the time. So yeah, forty percent of the time. All right. I mean, look, he strikes out thirty percent of the time. That's that's we knew that going into it. So he's still higher than 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 as as expected here. Um, he's still getting some walks. He's still getting some walks. Um, so it's not absolutely killing the lineup. And and look, the Yankees are winning, so it's going to be quiet. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be some some people screaming about how like this is the guy the Yankees traded for. Blah blah blah. We traded him to get wins. So far, the Yankees have gotten wins. If the Yankees start packing on some L's. The, the 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 hammers coming heavy on on guys like Gallo. Yeah, and, and for good reason. Uh, I, yeah. oh, I had yeah, a yeah. couple friends text me tonight. Uh, has he been a disappointment? I'm like, yeah, but kind of knew this going into it. He came over on a slow tear with the Rangers too. If this guy hits, you know, a homer a week, two homers a week, gets on base, we know the strikeouts are going to come. He's He's going to get on a tear where he hits six home runs in eight games. I oh. know it's coming. Oh, I I completely agree. It's just kind of wait for it. Look, we got – after the White Sox, we got eight straight games at home. Joey Gallo is going to hit three home runs in that homestand, I'm going to say. We got, we got, you know, that makeup versus the Angels, three versus Boston, and then four versus Minnesota. Gallo's hitting some dingers in the next homestand. He's going to – and there won't be short porchy ones. He's going to get a hold of one. That goes real deep in the Bronx. I can't wait for that first one that goes past the judges' chambers and into that. Into, into the Gallo Hallow or whatever we'll make something up for because he's gonna hit some bombs there. So it, it's a it's a it's tough to get traded from a last place team to a first place team. Uh holy shit, the Red Sox score is twenty to eight. Is, is that did I just read that right? I saw it at eighteen to one. My goodness. The final score was 20-8 to eight in the Red Sox-Tampa game. Tampa scored seven runs in the ninth inning and didn't even get it to... Holy shit. How did that... Yeah, it, it was like 14-1 to one when we started. And now, 20-8 final. <laughs> I wonder if Cora had to bring in someone else to... Uh, oh, no, he let... He let, he he let Valdez just go the full inning. He gave up one inning, seven earned runs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh my gosh. I, I probably would have been getting nervous, uh, honestly, if I was on that side. Oh, no. They, they right. had. No, nah, they were they were up. They were up 20 to 20 to 1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You let the guy I mean, just keep going. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, <laughs> if you get into a situation where you have the tying run on base, I think, you know, that, that calls for automatic relegation. And <laughs> if that... you get a tying run on base when you scored 20 runs. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! But twenty. All right, so that was a crazy game uh, out there. But that, sorry, sorry, to off track. You know, uh, there. But that, I felt that had to be a glitch. What I, what I was looking at. Um, yeah. So so kind of wrap it up with Gallo. It, it's it's kind of a, it's got to be a wait and see. He's got to be in the lineup every game. Um, he's gonna be playing. He's playing some fine defense. Um, he's getting a little more acclimated. He he seems to be a, a good clubhouse guy. 
Um, and we just got to hope it turns around. But, you know, maybe uh, probably our next episode, if they're, yeah, he's still struggling, we'll, we'll be a little harder uh, on him. We kind of already talked about Hanley's struggles here and we kind of had Zach Britton um, as our final three down for the week. Uh, got the save today, but it's been the case with him for the past few years almost that it's always an adventure with Zach Britton. Um, got the job done today, but the past few games he didn't. He blew a save in the game where everybody and their mother blew a save, and he's our closer for at least another week. Um, I'm not really sure what the timeline on Chapman is, but but not great to have Chapman go down in, in these key moments. Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah, Britain, it's been a common theme. The, the control is not there. I know he's a ground ball pitcher, but he, he's walking guys. Uh, it's It's not... It's not pretty. It seems like he gives up a run almost every time he's in the game. Yeah. You go back to the game against Philly, he blew a lead in. Uh, yeah, in his last nine innings, he's allowed seven runs, six earned. Nine and a third innings. I mean, just not good. He has seven strikeouts to six walks. Six walks, way too many. And he's had, I think, span. what, three double plays in that span, too, which just means that he puts guys on and then he's gotten the lucky double play. I mean, like you said, he's a ground ball pitcher, so it's nice to get the double plays, but I prefer that it was two, you see two individual ground balls instead of a walk and a double play. Yeah, absolutely. And he got two ground ball double play opportunities today, and thankfully the Yankees <laughs> yeah, converted yeah. the second one. Uh, I was afraid all day that they were going to vomit on themselves and lose two or three, but I got so that wasn't the case. Yeah, with uh, um, thankfully, who was at who was at third at the end of the game today? Because it wasn't Odor. Because he was oh, it was Odor. So Odor could have made the double the double error. So because of the shift, he was playing at second base where he gave the toss away, and then he moved to third and they just smacked the ball right back at him, and he had to make the long throw, the third to second sh- throw instead of the toss. But he was able to uh, to get that right. Yeah, I was uh, – yeah, that, that throw went into a, a different, you know, area code, that first mess up. And then, thankfully, Wade Odor, nice 5-4-3 to end the game. I was going to say, I thought Britain uh, found some things in a, in a bit of a three-game stretch from the last one in Miami to the um, – Saturday game against the Mariners where he threw three innings. He only allowed two hits and walked one person in three innings. But yeah, we saw the struggles against the Royals. He he got the first two outs, but the two out walk will, will come back to haunt you in every single scenario. And, and that haunted him there. And, and thankfully he escaped trouble today. He got the tying run on. I thought Carlos Santana was going to be taking him deep to left field to tie the game. Uh, but thankfully, a nice 5-4-3 to end things. So, Britain, I know he's not going to be the vintage 2018, 2019, and even 20 version that we saw, but the Yankees need him out of the bullpen because Chad Green's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation. So, uh, you're right. That's sort of a good point. That's good. Like, he's so good sometimes. And then other times, I'm like, get him the fuck away from the mound. It's like two pitches in. It's like two batters in. You know which Chad Green yeah. you have, um, and you kind of you got to keep throwing him out there because you're hoping for the good stuff. And then it's good stuff. You're like, all right, boom. Like he pitched great today. Two two innings in the, in the bullpen game. Uh, you know, did well. Um, I definitely don't want him in the ninth inning. He's kind of screwed that up a bunch of times. So it, the whole bullpen has been worked a lot. It's been worked a lot. 
We made some some additions to it. I actually want to give a shout out to Stephen Ridings. That dude is a lanky glass of ginger ale, and uh, I like watching him play. He throws absolute gas. A D three guy, the the Haverford heater, um, gave up his first runs uh, on Tuesday in the game, but he he something weird about there's something so weird about him that I think he's going to be successful. Just has a, a very strange demeanor on the mound. Couple times I've saw him screaming into his own glove, even though he like the Yankees got the out. Um, interesting dude that will probably finish the, the year in the minors, but someone to keep an eye on in spring training next year. Absolutely, uh, yeah, he, he's got a nice giddy up on that fastball, and uh, like you gave him a shout out. I want to give a shout out to the trio of Lucas Licky, Albert Abreu, and Joely Rodriguez. Yeah. It wasn't sexy, but that trio let up one run, or excuse me, two runs in five innings. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's a good thing to have this happen to someone's career, but Albert Abreu gave up those like 10 runs versus in that Tampa blowout. He's been awesome since then. I thought that could, oh, yeah. I thought that could, that could kill a kid's career, having an outing like that, and you kind of got to just eat, eat it and, and go on. Um, he's kind of been on the, the, you know, the, the Scranton shuttle back and forth this year, um, but since then – been really good. I think it's three scoreless outings um, for for Abreu since that 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 day. Um, so you know, really strong you know mental capacity for him to turn it around after just kind of throwing meatballs left and right in Tampa. Yeah, and big big innings from him today. Uh, it wasn't sexy. Uh, five Ks, five innings. Uh, they walked about her. Joelia had the one walk, but they held the Royals to six hits and that trio. Kept the Yankees in the game today, and then they brought out the big guns for the final four innings, uh, which allowed zero runs and struck out four and walked none. So that was very, very promising. So my shout-out goes to those three. They played a huge, huge role in winning that series for the Yankees. And they're on a bit of – excuse me – on a bit of a heater right now and going into a more difficult portion of the schedule – I'm excited to see how they stack up against Chicago. Chicago is very fun. So yeah, let's wrap it up here. Talk a little about Chicago and and the Field of Dream game. Uh, Field of Dreams game. It is Sam. This is where our we are part of the same generation, kind of, but it's a big generational gap here. I'm noticing from Twitter and even talking to you. Field of Dreams is one of my must-watch classic sports movies that I, I watch probably once a year. And from talking to you and talking to people online, there are a lot of Yankee fans that have not watched this movie. What's going on, man? I have no clue. But you're one of them. Yeah, I am. I am. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll make it up by going out to the game tomorrow. Maybe maybe me and you will catch a plane. And if we're going to spend $993, how about we spend... How about we spend two grand to get behind the Yankees dugout? There you go. Uh, that so, sounds good. T- I, 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 how about I, I'm on vacation for the next week and a half. Uh, maybe I'll take some time to watch it after. I know it'll be cutting it close for the game, but maybe. No, when if, you get I a rain, bed, Sammy, if you get a rainy day on vacation and you got nothing to do, you got to promise me you watch the movie. I, I, I promise. Uh, <laughs> I, I promise. Yeah, it, 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 to me, it's just, a, it's just a classic baseball movie. No one's saying it's the greatest movie of all time. No one's saying this is like the greatest baseball movie of all time. 
but it's a it's a movie that I think has got to be in everybody's kind of yeah like they oh yeah I've seen it but but for me it's a it's a lot more than that that's why I think so does I guess my follow up question to that is is tomorrow tonight's game like all that cool like to you because to me this is like awesome and even though prices are are absurd like I feel like I'm gonna regret not going to this game where if, I guess in your mind it'd just be like ah just a cool thing not a big deal. But uh, I, I, so what, what's your feelings going into the game about like how cool this is versus just like another baseball game? Oh, I'm thrilled about it. It's going to be a game in such a compact environment and you're going to have guys launching balls out into a freaking cornfield. How awesome is that going to be? That's really uh, cool. But the I, suns- go for the it. sunset here is really cool, I've heard. And I am really, really excited about it. Um, the only thing I'm worried about cool setup. the only thing I'm worried about is that it becomes a little bit like the London series. Um, I know it's crazy wind out there. I don't know which way the wind's gonna be blowing tonight. But are we in a situation where they didn't make the field big enough and we're gonna be seeing 30 home runs, which I guess would be cool. But it will take a little bit of that that nostalgic feel of like a good old baseball game if the score is like 15 to 10. So I want like a normal kind of low scoring baseball game. Uh, but we'll see if Andrew Haney can, can keep the ball from the corn. But uh, other than that, I think it's going to be awesome to, to look forward to. There's going to be plenty of, of references to the movie here. Uh, it's kind of been on my bucket list to go out and kind of see the original house and, and field of dreams there. And hopefully if they do this in the future, um, which I, MLB loves money, so I'm sure they will, I might get a chance to, uh, to go out there, even if it's not the Yankees. Yeah, it's – Really, really cool stuff. I actually have two friends who went out to the Field of Dreams when they went to um, out to see the Iowa Rutgers football game in oh, 2019. Fun. So they took an hour and a half detour up to Dyersville. And yeah, the first baseball game ever played in Iowa. And That's pretty what's, cool. Really cool, what's really cool to me about this game, Steve, I've traveled a lot of Big Ten country. Some of these cities don't have pro sports teams for three and a half or four hours. Like, yeah. Oh, you go yeah. to Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska, um, Iowa city, Iowa, where the Iowa Hawkeyes play They're the closest city is Chicago. I mean, I have like 19 pro sports teams within three and a half hours. It, it is crazy to think about it like that. Yeah. So and it's wish- crazy that um, I've been reading a lot that like, Iowa is all blacked out on MLB TV. So it's not even like baseball. Like you have to watch like the one wonder what I don't even know which team it would be in that area. But like you can't even if you're a Yankees fan, I mean if you're a fan there in whatever team you're a fan about there, like baseball you know, stop complaining about prices of this game and start complaining about the blackout restrictions for baseball because MLB TV is blocked out in like all of Iowa, I've heard, and it's just an absolute disaster for for people out there. You want to grow the sport? Let anybody watch the games wherever the hell they are. That's what you need to do, baseball. Yeah, uh, I have heard. Uh, I saw they were putting billboards up to. Um, they were putting billboards. No, I, I did not say, see that. And the blackouts. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, uh, this is an awesome setup. I, I can't wait to see it. This, it, this it, looks really, really cool. It's going to be a really cool night tonight. Field of Dreams in Iowa, White Sox, Yankees. Um, but from this, the side part of that, to end it here, Sam, it's an important game for the Yankees. The, these, all these games are important. So while we're watching here, 
Um, we got to remember that this is kind of a, a big, big game here, and it's going to be against Lance Lynn, who the Yankees had in their clubhouse and, and didn't re-sign uh, a few years ago, who's now potentially a, a Cy Young candidate and was available this offseason. Um, so it would be it's gonna it's gonna sting if uh, Lance Lynn shuts down this lineup like we know we can, um, and we're sending out Andrew Haney out there. So I'm sure if, if it's a loss, people are gonna be pretty pretty mad about it. But enjoy the game, enjoy the atmosphere. It, it's a it's a really cool thing, and for the love of God, watch Field of Dreams. I will. I promise you. <laughs> All right, man. All right, Sam. We're gonna we'll catch up with everybody next week. Uh, probably maybe before or after the oh you're on vacation so we'll figure it out but thanks for listening guys this week another episode of podcasting in pinstripes the yankees are hot yankees are going to stay hot sam give us a final word for the week ahead yeah win fight that's my final word you, you have it. to fight because the yankees have been fighting uh let's get let's get two or three against the white Sox. they're a good team the yankees are playing their best baseball right now fight that is my final word they've been fighting to get wins fought to get two against seattle excuse me three really uh fought to get two in kansas city um fight that is that is the name that is the motto going forward fight 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 let's go yanks all right sam i'll talk to you later go yanks 